All right, we're back for another episode of the Eagles Water Cooler. Um, wanted to get together and talk about the Eagles uh, coming off of their bye, sitting at five and four, just as Mike and I uh, and our good friend Haas over at Locust Lane Craft Brewing had predicted. Um, so we're going to get into their season thus far, um, things that we feel like are concerns, things that they're doing well, um, and looking forward to this uh, second half that they have in front of them, starting with the New England Patriots yeah. coming into town this Sunday. But how are you doing, Mike? First things first. Turns out we're not that bad. Yeah, I guess from the last um, podcast that we did, that, that wound up being the title, um, and they can't be that bad, and they, they proved themselves to not be. They really dug themselves out of a, uh, a hole. Um, I, uh, I was starting out by asking you just the basic, though, how you're doing today. Good. It's been a, it's a hump day. Yes. Uh, uh, it's been a it was a it was an especially long hump day but you know glad to be over over that mini hurdle of the week how about yourself yeah i i, I meet you right there it's been a, a long week and it was a long a long wednesday and truthfully it was a long bye week without uh eagles football but i uh, got to watch a little bit of the rest of the league and um by the time they take the field on sunday it's going to feel like they hadn't played for a while um but yeah, yeah otherwise doing doing good glad we could get another podcast out um before this big matchup this weekend but They've uh, the Eagles, the two, the 2019 Eagles have had a real roller coaster uh, first nine games. Um, and I guess I wanted to start by asking you um, your about your levels of satisfaction with two different uh, important components of the team. So the first let's start on the field. Uh, are you satisfied with what you've seen so far this year from Carson Wentz? I mean, <clears throat> I, I think there's always room for Carson to improve, but I, I think he's playing well. I don't. I don't think you can. Um, you can say Carson's playing bad. Yeah. He's making some really good throws. He's putting the ball um, where it needs to be. Ultimately, it comes down to people just aren't catching uh, what he's throwing, and you can't put that on Carson. So, in terms of what Carson's doing, you know, I I give him um, an A minus on the season. Wow. Yeah. I I could see that. I I think. Something that I think is uh, you, you make the point about the receivers. I think that's just well understood at this point. I don't think he could do, I think we've said multiple times on this podcast, what else could Carson Wentz be doing? Um, but I, I think part of what I've seen him develop into this year is a quarterback that can have a game where he throws for 200 yards and maybe one or two touchdowns and the running backs help him out. And he doesn't have to do everything, but can still win a game against green Bay can still win a game uh, up in Buffalo in bad weather um, and those kind of things. So I feel like he's kind of grown, not exactly in the way that we thought, um, but that element of his game, you know, I, I think um, being a game manager when it's time, I think it's important skill this year. Um, it's interesting when Wentz throws for a lot of yards, uh, the Eagles don't always win. Uh, it doesn't always equate. And some of the games where he's had more uh, middle of the road type numbers, the Eagles have a better success rate of winning games. So if he's not trying to shoulder it all himself, um, the Eagles tend to be more successful. And I think that just makes sense. You know, he's not taking on as much of that burden. Absolutely. Um, I think, I think it remains to be seen. I think the receiver, the lack of receiver help is something that's really uh, been troubling. And this is um, a little bit extreme, but it's, it's starting to, and I mean that just starting to, be reminiscent of you know the sort of lack of talent 
uh, situation that Donovan McNabb obviously dealt with for years and years. And we're going to talk about this at some point today, but um, the wide receiver position is absolutely something that needs to be, uh, I don't know if overhauled is the right word, but needs to be really evaluated by Howie Rosen. That's a, a big thing. I think the whole fan base is going to be watching throughout the off season and mostly for the personnel, but also for being able to help Carson. We, we can't really see all of what he can be if he's not working with receivers who catch. I, I mean, absolutely. You know, you, you had a lot of expectations going into the season with the receiving core that we had. Um, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to give the uh, conversation away if we're going to touch on the receiving core later. We will, and I think that's that's an important factor, though, when evaluating Carson, which was the original question. Um, something I think you may see more of this this second half is those scramble plays that he was able to make against uh, Buffalo, against um, yeah, he had one or two against Green Bay, uh, against the against some of these matchups that they've had recently, where um, and it's not even necessarily a play breaking scramble, but just no options to throw to or hand off to, and he just scrambles to get the yards. I think now seeing that he's healthy after the ACL and after his back and all this stuff the last couple of years, um, I, I would not be surprised at all to see them turn him loose a little bit. And I guess I wanted to see from you if you're expecting that same thing or if you're kind of satisfied with his level of mobility now. I don't know, because that ultimately comes down to uh, what do you foresee the coaching staff uh, doing with Carson in particular, Doug, I think I think you should turn him loose a little more. Carson has, uh, you know, one of his strengths is being able to avoid um, the sack and you know keep the play alive a little bit longer um, to either th- you know throw it to an open receiver or run it a little bit. And I think the Eagles in general have been kind of cautious, letting him scramble too much. And yeah, they, they should unlock that a little bit, but Carson has shown this season again, he is able to avoid uh, some of those plays. A lot of pocket passers in the NFL would, you know, have maybe six, seven, eight more sacks on the year if, you know, if it weren't for his mobility. But yeah, what do you think about that? games especially and we're going to talk a little bit about the Eagles schedule but especially against some of the tougher opponents they have coming up that with better coverage from the other the opposing defenses that he may be pressed into that kind of action if it means you know scrambling for a touchdown or you know scrambling to get a crucial first down um, that I'm I'm with you I think they should turn him loose a little bit more and allow him to make those plays and allow him to threaten the defenses that way it doesn't have to be all game long but if he makes one of those plays in the beginning of a game it's letting the defense know that it's a possibility and it's something that they'll have to be aware of moving through the rest of the game and allows you to kind of mess with them uh, in terms of their expectations. So let's, let's both hope that that's the case, but that leads us into uh, who's turning them loose. And that would be Doug. And I wanted to uh, get from you, your level of satisfaction with Doug so far this year. Now that we talked about Carson a little bit, Doug's been, let's just say to date, Dis- uh, underwhelming and disappointing. I-, I think he's held true to his um, wanting to wanting to go for it on fourth downs, and I I do like that. Um, I like that Doug is that style play caller. Ultimately, you could say maybe that was the difference in the Eagles winning the Super Bowl a couple of years ago is that aggressiveness. Mm-hmm. 
but his his play design and and some of the the way he uh scripts drives and whatnot seems like he he's not always being creative enough with his plays too predictable and just just not putting his players in the best position to perform um there's a lot of question marks around how I think Doug is operating the offense, but we'll see, you know, we'll, we'll I, 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 I think, think that's this a is point. a hell of a game coming up against the Patriots. That's really going to test Doug's ability as a play caller um, and a game manager and, and head coach. And he has the benefit of being at home uh, in this upcoming matchup Sunday. I think something that you said that stuck out to me and, and maybe looking at this now and just kind of thinking back on the season that, I think I've seen – this is a weird thing to say about a Super Bowl winning coach, but I think I've seen him improve a lot, uh, which says a lot for where he started. I, I did think that uh, the play calling at the beginning of the year was suspect, um, even down to their their whole first half against Washington when they were shut out like 17 nothing. I think, for most of it. Um, yeah. And so it, one thing that I really noticed in particular was there was a play, um, I believe it was against the Cowboys, if I'm not mistaken, and the Eagles uh, were at third and four, and they ran the ball to Miles Sanders instead of Jordan Howard, who had been having success all night. And we're about to talk uh, in more depth about the run game. But to me, Doug is starting to figure out how to use the running backs. And that's something that I think, uh, I don't know if it's totally Doug or if it's a combo of him and Deuce, but you know, Doug's at the helm, so we'll, we'll call it that. I think that's been a big key. Uh, to the success of the team uh, since then. Um, (laughs) And I think the games even before that against Green Bay, where Jordan Howard had a big game and Miles Sanders had a big game, I think it's attributable to that, that Doug is getting more of a feel for that uh, rhythm and how to really use those two backs to kind of set the offense. Um, That's just an example, but I do think that his play call has, uh, has improved, and I think he's had to scheme with the receivers that they have uh, in order to get them open. Um, and in those situations, they may still not be catching the ball, but he's still kind of drawing things up to try to get people free. Um, right. You know, to me, go ahead. I was just. Is how all over the league, you see basically no name receivers step up when others go down and make plays and have 50, 60 yard games with three or four catches. Why are why are why are the Eagles not able to do that with players like um, and maybe this is a different topic. We can we can side till we get the receivers. But why can't Doug find ways to get those other receivers involved? Well, and it's it's a question of, I think, what you're really asking and maybe not. But um, what you're really asking is, is it Doug or is it the personnel? Because I agree with you. I think that was a huge takeaway for me, not just from excuse me, the bye week last week and the Eagles not playing on Sunday and watching the rest of the league, but even watching college football on Sunday that um, seeing some of these uh, receivers kind of schemed open or thrown open or um, just kind of creative play calling or uh, creative play design, I guess, on the part of the coaches that, you know, that's something that it left me with a little bit of envy, you know, for, for not only the personnel, but also those types of schemes where guys are just getting open and getting opportunities. So, you know, I have to hope as that improvement thing I, I mentioned with Doug has come on um, in the run game that hopefully it, it continues with the receiving game because the resources are what they are. Deshaun sure. Jackson is going to be 
uh, out for the rest of the regular season. Should the Eagles make the postseason, he is eligible to return. Um, but other than that factor and then um, this week bringing in Jordan Matthews, and again, we're going to address the receivers a little bit uh, later, but th- they are who they are. <clears throat> they aren't really able to change their personnel much more beyond this point because the trade deadline came and went and all that. So Doug is going to have to work with what he has. And I think that that part of the game, I think at the end of the year, that's going to be something that we can stand back and say with this lack of ability and lack of personnel that he had at receiver, what was he able to do, um, you know, to get the Eagles into the yeah. playoffs? And, and, you know, a really good question that I don't know the answer to is either Doug is Doug and maybe Carson, maybe this falls on Carson, but I'm going to put it on Doug since he's the head coach. The, you know, outside of Alshon Jeffrey, um, you're not targeting your other and, and Nelson Aguilar, you're not targeting your other receivers on the team. Why would he not even try to throw to these guys? Is it, is it that, that they're just not targeting these other receivers and they're making their offense much more predictable or is it that the guys aren't getting open? I, I, I haven't seen it on film, whether it's one way or the other, but I mean, Mike and I went to the Eagles bears game, which is the last game they played before the bye, And the first drive, the Eagles looked great. Um, the, the bears uh, stalled three and out punted. The Eagles drove most of the way down the field got into the red zone almost to the goal line and could not punch it in. And the one thing that I was thinking as we were sitting there and people in our row were saying it, nobody's open. I mean, they, they were trying to throw the ball to score, which looking back, I mean, this is a small thing, but they, on that first drive, they should have just run the ball to Jordan Howard and probably punched it in. Um, But in that situation, it was just clear that there were no options. So, you know, to me, it's, it's are you, are you, are you talking down, when they got it into the red zone and they looked like they were going to score a touchdown. Yeah. Like right in front of our section, basically. Yeah. And it, and it was just clear that nobody's open and, and why are we trying to throw the ball if nobody's open? And obviously they were going to expect the run, the defense that it was, was going to expect the run, but you know, it's, it's one of these things that I think down the stretch, it's a metric that we can use on, on the Eagles water cooler uh, podcast. We can use at the end of the season to look back and say, how did Doug do? And, and hopefully moving into the future, he's got better options and more options at receiver than he does now. Um, but, you know, with what he had, what is he able to do? Because that Super Bowl year, and I know we always harken back to that, but that Super Bowl year, you know, we had injuries and he was able to, to scheme and compensate around them. And I think that same adaptability is going to be important down the stretch here especially in these next two games against um excuse me new england and then uh seattle both at home one thing we know that they do well is run the ball and i think if you look at uh their identity as a team uh as these first nine games have come across that's probably the thing that you would say offensively anyway is their identity would you agree with that Absolutely. Um, we've got a, a really good um, looking offensive line. It seems like they've just progressed as the season gone has gone on. And great point. Uh, we're starting to really get production out of our running backs. Yeah, I think that's that's such a great point, because having a good run game is a byproduct of good line. And I think, you know, they're in a position now. The Eagles just um, extended. I, I don't know if it was. I think it was an extension for Brandon Brooks. 
um, through 2024. So all of their offensive line is signed, you know, with the exception of Jason Peters, um, who's backup, you know, they drafted this year in Andre Dillard. Um, their O-line is showing a lot of strength and they stand to be in place as constructed um, for a little while here into the future. That's, I think those two things, their O-line play and their run game have really been um, the biggest strengths. Absolutely. And um, it's, it's doing a, a lot of good in other areas of the game. It's, um, you know, it's ball control. It's time that the defense gets to rest and be on the sideline. And these are all good things that, you know, <clears throat> help, help the whole team um, get, you know, play better and uh, win games. Yeah. And I think being able to use the run game and the, and the O-line play to be able to take uh, a 19-14 lead in that Bears game you and I were at the link for and to, to basically take all that time off the clock, almost eight minutes of time just through possessing the ball and running it, um, yeah. is something that they're going to need to do. They don't necessarily have the talent that some of their opponents are going to have upcoming. So I think it's going to be important that they can possess the ball like they have been. But um, if you're Howie Roseman, would you extend Jordan Howard at this point? Absolutely. Um, I talked about this. What a, what a uh, boost that would be. You've got two really good running backs um, locked up. I I see it as a as a win win. Jordan Howard, you know, he's looked he's looked great this year. He's a guy that he doesn't get negative yards. He can hit a hole hard. He can move a hole. We've seen him a little bit in the past game. Um, yeah, I, I say sign, sign the man. Too, sign that I, man. I think as a a fan base, we have wanted for so long there to be stability at running back. I think it would be great to have. Um, somebody who was, you know, a dynamic player like a Dalvin Cook or an Alvin Kamara. But if that's not possible, you know, to have a solid tandem of kind of a thunder and lightning like everybody always talks about or um, I don't know. I feel like we need to come up with another analogy for, for uh, Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders. But to have that, that duo of differential uh, talent and being able to use them, like I was saying, the way Doug seems to be getting a feel for how to use them, uh, it's, it's had a big impact. And I think a big part of that is that power back that Howard is. He does not have negative plays, seems to always move forward. The one cool play I thought in the Bears game, which was um, – it was fun to be there and it was great to get the win, but, you know, not a super exciting game, not, not a lot of big plays. But there was one play in particular where uh, Jordan Howard hit the hole, came right up the middle, and, you know, ran into a pile, and it just looked like everybody was going down. And he just moved the pile forward another yard or so. I remember we – we did one of our uh, kind of handshakes in that situation. So it was just like a forceful kind of a play. And I think we need that. I think the offense needs it. I think everybody really thrives off of having that uh, player who, who they know can do that even in the tough situation. So, you know, with you, I think Howie should just do it. I, I think Howard is a young enough. Jordan Howard is a young enough player. He's had enough of a resume. Uh, he seems to like it here. He seems to play well. Fans like him. Um, I think, you know, within reason, uh, I think he should be given an extension and, and Miles Sanders should have the comfort of knowing that he's got that, that other back to really play off of. Um, one of the greatest plays I think since we did our last podcast was in that bills game. They ran that two back set. Miles Sanders ran a 65 mm. yard, uh, touchdown in, uh, with Jordan Howard as the lead blocker in a two back set. I mean, it was just beautiful. So I, you know, the hope is that can be 
the future moving forward. But I think we're both agreed about signing Howard and another guy who's going to be here for a while because he's just a rookie now is Miles Sanders. So to me, since we did our last podcast and we were able to get some really great insight from um, our buddy Haas over at Locust Lane, who was uh, an avid Penn State fan and an alum of Penn State and really talked about um, some of the things that Miles does well, some of the things that were surprises that he's been doing well, um, and some of the things that he felt that he wanted to see more of. And I think since that podcast, we've really seen a lot of that in these games. We've seen Miles catch screens. We've seen him run long runs in. Um, so it, this is really kind of an emerging weapon for the Eagles. And I think it didn't happen on the maybe the timetable that we thought it would. But I've been impressed by Miles Sanders, especially over the last two weeks. Um, I'd say I've been impressed with him the whole year, but the last two weeks, some of those question marks we had on our last podcast, he's answered some of those questions. Yeah. I mean, he's played incredibly well. And, uh, you know, just to, to go back to talking about both him and Jordan Howard, I want to see more plays where they're both on the field at the same time. Like that, that is, uh, that was a, awesome play where they were both in the backfield and um howard kind of acted like a elite blocker for sanders and And, and miles sanders that was like you know (laughs) brian baldinger always says like it's like smoke through a keyhole um it's that that's exactly what happened there he just slipped through and he was just off and he just foot raced everybody um so i I think yep he's 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 a fast guy and uh you know I, i think we're starting to see at the beginning of the season, he had he had a, a couple fumbles. He looked a little shaky, like, you know, a little bit of a rookie. But the way he's incorporated himself into the passing game has been has been phenomenal. He's he's been outside of our, you know, he might he's probably one of our oh, leading absolutely. receivers on the, the team right Deshaun, now. He's provided kind of a deep threat, especially in that Minnesota game uh, several weeks. Back. He he's the guy on our team who is capable of making the biggest play during a game that's you know i think i think a lot of fans would feel i would that. say There's it's him or goddard an exciting element to yeah i would say it's yeah. him or goddard i think those two people and i think sanders would be in the one spot uh i agree with you i think when it when it comes to really making plays uh play breaking explosive kind of plays i think those are the two options that you really have um but you know there was a breakdown on the eagles website that fran duffy um who i know you and i have talked about before he does awesome uh video for the eagles website and really takes a play and explains it um so it's like very informative but he took this play that happened in the bears game on that final drive that the eagles had that eight minute drive um to to uh, eventually kick the field goal and win the game and it was really interesting what happened so the ball gets snapped um miles is waiting in the backfield to see if the linebacker uh that he's assigned to is going to blitz carson he waits he sees that the linebacker is not going to blitz he just kind of trickles out to the end of the line and carson throws him a little screen and he runs at 13 yards for a, a crucial first down um it just when you watch the play you would never know miles sanders is a rookie and i think that's the thing that really struck me uh, the most in, in watching that and just thinking about it, that he, he seems to have really matured. Um, and I think he's, he's faced some adversity and I think that's part of it. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the biggest things in the NFL is how will you respond to adversity? And, and he's come back and played extremely well. So, yeah, you know, that's, if, a, that's a great thing. Right. Uh, the other strength yep. I think the Eagles have, have shown this year, uh, maybe in a little bit of a different way than we expected in terms of who's been kind of 
the, the higher performer, but uh, is the tight end play. Uh, in the absence of really solid wide receiver play, the tight ends have kind of filled in. And um, Ertz has played really well, but has gotten – uh, sometimes lost in the game plan, sometimes would disappear or not be making catches until late in the third quarter or uh, any of those kind of things. It's a really big contrast from last year when the narrative was that there was too much throwing the ball to Zach Ertz and that other teams were, you know, all over him because they knew what was coming and that kind of thing. So I, I guess I, I'm curious from you what you think of what uh, – what you've seen so far out of Zach Ertz and uh, what you expect for the rest of the year. Well, I, I love that, he, the, you know, the past couple of games, he has reemerged as, you know, one of our best weapons on the field. Um, I, I, Carson, you know, has to have that connection with him for us to be successful. Uh, but in terms of the overall flow of the whole offense, we need to, we need to spread the ball around and, and, that's kind of why I'm – I think it's such a big question why the, you know, other receivers on our team are not being targeted because the offense really is predicated on spreading the ball to as many people as possible. And I just think you're shooting yourself in the foot by, you know, limiting it to, uh, you know, at this point, a running game and two tight ends. I I think it's going to be easier for teams to scheme us that way. We need, you know, we need to find a way to get the ball to our receivers. Yes. And we are, we are, we are fast approaching our receiver topic, which I'm sure will be something you and I will have something to say about. Um, but the other aspect of the tight ends, uh, I think that we have to talk about is Goddard and that Goddard has had some really poor play this year uh two plays in particular a costly drop in the end zone against Detroit and then um a little bit more recently on the first drive of the Cowboys game when the Eagles were really looking good um fumbling the ball coughing it up um on a um a check down from Carson Wentz but one thing I've seen with Goddard that I think is unique to his skill set is when he gets the ball in the open field which he has on a couple of bubbles and screens and things like that recently uh definitely one in the Bears game that that you and I saw um, he really moves well with the ball in his hands. And I, I wonder as time goes on, if that's something that the Eagles will continue to use uh, kind of an alternating between using those screens to Miles Sanders for more of those uh, quick kind of hopefully explosive plays. And then Goddard for more of those, um, you know, mid range kind of punch it in type plays. So I could see him playing that role, but to me, Goddard is, is starting to really come on. And I think he's a great, compliment to Ertz but really a completely different player I mean in terms of the way he plays the game his skill set the way that he's shown up in games um, there's kind of a different expectation in my mind when I see Goddard make a play Um, it just it has a different look to it than when Ertz does and in some ways it's less like refined it's more like rugged uh, Mm -hmm. a little more rough around the edges but he seems to get those extra yards and be able to do a little bit more after the game. yeah and I think that just has a lot to do with how he approaches his routes and his, his body position when he catches the ball, he's not, he's not, um, you know, using his going to the ground or extending his body to where, you know, he's not going to be vertical anymore and able to run, you know, he's, he's staying upright and he's able to get those yards after the catch, which, which is great. They, They are very different receivers, uh, Ertz and Goddard and, it's a great one-two punch. And I think Goddard has a great vision um, for seeing the field and, and running the ball. 
um, which is why he's a great person to utilize in that screen game. Um, but yeah, he's, 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 he's improved this season, although he's, he's had his mishaps, um, like you, like you just recapped. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Goddard's coming along very well and looking forward to what he's doing. Yeah. And I think as time moves forward, you know, those, those two options between the running backs and the tight ends are going to continue to be important, but uh, you know, I think something that other teams will be able to easily see and prepare for. So, you know, you're going to have to develop some kind of a threat. So I feel like, you know, the next thing on our agenda was to talk about the D line, but I feel like we can kind of put that on the shelf for a second because we've made a lot of references to talking about wide receivers. Let's get into talking about wide receivers. Um, I'll just kind of hand it over to you, Mike. Um, The wide receivers for the Philadelphia Eagles in 2019. What are your, what are your thoughts? I'm sorry. You cut out there for a second or it was this on the defensive line you you want no I was saying I was saying we've talked a lot about the fact that we're going to get to the wide receivers let's just get into that and we'll get to defensive line after yeah absolutely um what are your thoughts on the wide receivers then for for 2019 so far what have just your general thoughts and then we'll get into specific players well it's overall it's been disappointing and it is clearly um, a lot to do with injury, but injuries always, you know, take part on teams. And the other aspect is just where is next man up? Uh, where's that mentality and why isn't it showing up during games? Um, it's a frustrating position because we've become a very, you know, I like to think of it as a boring team to watch offensively and especially during you know it was it was awesome being down at the Bears game Chris and I had great seats we got to tailgate before the game awesome awesome vibes awesome crowd yes Uh, but there was just an overall the excitement level in the stadium was was subdued because they're you know they were able to move the ball but then they didn't um, finish in the end zone and they're just there's not as much uh, splash Jeez. to their offense. It's very short and choppy plays, and uh, I think that it's lacking in juice. Yeah, it, there's a, there's a juice. It's lacking in juice. There's a lack of juice. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's it's something that I think most fans uh, would say is it it is clearly lacking from them being a, a really exciting team to watch offensively although they still have their exciting moments but they they need to find a way to you know move the ball get a get bigger chunk yard plays and um help Carson spread the ball around yeah and i think you know it's a lot to hang all of your juice on one player and a 32 year old Deshaun Jackson, who's an unbelievable deep threat will be a, you know, forever a legendary player for what he's done. But it's really hard as a, from a management perspective to think that Howie thought that was enough. And we're going to address that in a question I have coming up. Um, But I just think that's a major shortcoming uh, of the general managing in the off season uh, was to not have, another explosive wide receiving option proven. I mean, Nelson, you had seen flashes, um, you know, Alshon again, you know, Alshon makes explosive plays, but he's not, 
he's not like a game breaker type. I mean, he's, he's, he doesn't bring that same thing that Deshaun does. He does when he makes certain kinds of right. plays. Um, but it's been a while since we've seen one of those basketball type catches where he just goes up and gets it over somebody. It's been a while since we've seen that. So, yeah, and, and he I might think, be battling injury and also I think and he also is hurt. age. I was gonna say, yeah, I think he is hurt. I think he's out of shape. To be honest with you, when we saw him at the game, I thought he looked a little big uh, and slow. And I, I wonder if as he's been injured and coming back off of injury, that you know, like anybody who's less mobile when they're not you know, maybe playing um, and trying to rehab that, you know, it's more likely to gain weight or get out of shape or any of those. And I don't know that to be totally true, um, but I just tell you what my eyes see. Alshon has regressed. Alshon made one of the best catches of all time in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Um, probably one of the best catches I'll ever see uh, in my football lifetime. But I just, I've seen him, take a major step back. And I kind of was hoping that despite not having Deshaun, that Alshon is still a threat. And I think, you know, he had three crucial drops um, in the bears game and crucial in the sense that they just hit him in the chest. You know, they were all catchable plays and and he wasn't able to make them. He did probably make the hardest catch of all the throws that were, that were thrown his way um, and was able to bring it down and, and convert on a third down. That was huge, but it's been a little disappointing with Alshon. It has been. Um, it It's a risk um, that the Eagles took going into this season with uh, older players at, at these position groups in Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey specifically, um, that they would be able to make it through an NFL season. And unfortunately, Deshaun couldn't due to injury, and Alshon is, is battling and, and struggling. Um. Yeah, and I think what's really tough about it, to be honest with you, is that Alshon has been extended. Alshon is not going right. anywhere. Uh, he's a major cap hit. So, you know, it's the hope, I think, from the fan point of view is that he's playing right now hurt and out of shape because he's been hurt and that if he can get right in more ways than one, whether it's this season or down the stretch while we still have him as an eagle, that there's still hope for him to make those those big type of plays that he was making a lot in 2017. Um, But remember it took him and Wentz a while to kind of get their thing together. And it wasn't really until Nick Foles came in that there was that big connection with uh, Alshon, Uh, but him and Wentz still had a lot of big plays down the field. And the hope is that that can be restored somehow. But I just think Alshon does not threaten defenses. When I watched the bears play, the bears are a good defense. They weren't paying much attention to Alshon. Absolutely. Um, it's a it, it's a tough it's a tough thing it there was a big night and day and current performance from when Carson Wentz got hurt to when um, Nick Foles came in uh, just a resurgence of Alshon but I don't think you can chalk it up to to Carson not being able to deliver the ball the way he wants to I'll, I'll just no it's not it it's not a Carson thing. To me, it's it's really an Alshon thing. And I guess from when they struggled to get their connection going when they first signed Alshon, I, I really do attribute that maybe now more, a little bit more to Alshon and what he's used to as a vet. But it's it's hard to say. I mean, that's that's um, what came before, I guess, is, is hard to figure out now. All we know as fans from what we're seeing is that he seems to be underperforming. I mean, the one play that sticks out in my mind um, – 
that you and I started kind of talking about Alshon while we were still at the game hit him right, right. in the chest. I mean, and he dropped it, and we were just like, what is yeah. going on with him? I mean, it just it just seemed really out of character. And I guess it's unfortunate to see uh, after we've seen him make great plays to have an expectation that even without Deshaun that he can step up as the talented veteran. Um, but Alshon Jeffrey was at one point a top, I would say, 10 receiver in this league. Um, and I don't, I don't know that that's really the case uh, right now. And that, that could be just for health. But let's hope that he can kind of pick it up and that the bye week did him some All good. Right, so. um, Matt Collins does nothing. Let's just agree right. on that. Uh, but also, I mean, again, is it, is it that he can't get open or is Doug and Carson not targeting him at all? Is it just... I think there is a trust. I think there is a trust thing with Carson. <laughs> it seems like it takes him a little bit of time to develop rapport. Um, I referenced that before with Alshon, but I, I almost, you know, I almost wonder if Doug is kind of like, well, I have to put 11 on the field, 11 people, at right. least, but you know, it's only going to go a certain place and other people are just kind of decoys. But to me, if that's the case, and this leads perfectly, cause I don't want to talk about Mike Collins very much. Uh, why not? Given this situation, if you spend a second round pick on JJ Ortega Whiteside, why not give him a chance? If they're cross training him at different, wide receiver spots, give him a chance to play even just to get experience. And I will say I watched uh, on the Eagles um, app, they had an interview one-on-one with Doug Peterson and Dave Spadaro. And those interviews, interestingly, you would think because they're, they're done by the website and they're not propaganda, but they're, you know, they have an agenda. I mean, it it Um, can't hurt. Uh, You're, you're getting zero production out of Mac Hollins. You got a rookie who can benefit from playing time at the very least. What I was going to say was, it, if you watch that interview, they call it, I think it's called a one-on-one, and it's between, uh, like I said, Doug Peterson and Dave Spadaro. Doug says, well, now it's the second half of the season. It's time for J.J. to get some more experience. So it's almost like they were, like, letting Max show J.J. the yeah, way. Exactly. Yeah, and they, they were like, well, Max, the veteran, let's let him get in. But it's like, no, let's, let's use the second-round pick on the field to see what he can do because he had one big opportunity against Detroit. He didn't make a play. And what's most upsetting about that is it's the type of play that he was drafted to make. That's the type of play that typically in college he was making all the time. So I, I would love to see if he, can, if he can become something this year in this second half of the season and make some plays for this team. Between him and Miles Sanders and Andre Dillard, how he did pretty well in this draft, if that winds up being the case. Yeah. But he's got to get opportunities to do it. And at this point, and it sounds like we're in agreement, get Mac off the field and let J.J. play. Absolutely. And and hopefully we can see a little bit of what we saw. Because like I, I said on an earlier podcast, Mike and I, when the Eagles made these draft picks, you know, did some video scouting and watched um, J.J. And, and we're really excited about what he could potentially do. Um and we'll talk about the choice of JJ versus another type of receiver in a little bit. But last thing with the uh, the wide receivers that we currently have, the Eagles recently re-signed for the third time, Jordan Matthews. What are your thoughts? Yep. Hello? Are you cut out there? Yo, uh, it's okay. I was just saying you cut out as well. Can yeah, you hear me I, now? I got you. Okay. I was just starting to ask um, about J-Matt. Uh, the Eagles re-signed Jordan Matthews for the third time. What are your thoughts on that? I, at, you know, at first, I, I thought <laughs> it was a great signing. 
Uh, the more I thought about it, it probably is not going to have too much impact on the Eagles, except for the fact that now you have, you know, a, a you know, a receiver who will at least get one target during the game as opposed to zero targets. So that's a that's a plus. It helps the offense slightly. Carson's friends with um, friends with them, so you know that that's a good thing. He's he's always seemed like a really great guy. So uh, you know, I'm sure it's good for the locker room too, and for that position group uh, in general. So uh, why not? But I don't think it's going to make too much of an impact in in terms of our production. I don't think it's going to make a huge <laughs> impact in terms of overall wide receiver production, but I will tell you just. The feeling that I have right now from being an Eagles fan and seeing how things like kind of ebb and flow with their personnel, Jordan Matthews is going to score an important touchdown this Sunday against the Patriots. I'm wow. telling you that right now. Oh, I like that call. I think that there's it, it, there's just such a possibility for that narrative of like, it's not that they, oh, here's Jordan Matthews like the savior, but more like he comes in and immediately makes a play. So what's going on, you know, with the rest of them kind of thing. Um, I could just I see do. that potentially happen. <laughs> Doug's got to be in one of those, you know, key moments of the game in the red zone. Be like, all right, let's let's go to Jordan on this. Well, and the other thing is, he had two plays last year: one against Tennessee, uh, fifty-four yards, and then one in uh, the playoffs against New Orleans of forty yards, I believe. I think it was something like that. It was a longer touchdown, huh? um, but he he. he it kind of showed this extra element. And I don't know if it was being on some of these other teams and maybe he was able to condition and get faster, but he, I'm not saying he's a deep threat, but he was able to get um, some deep catches for them in important spots where the Eagles needed it. So, um, you know, maybe he can provide that and, and maybe Carson has the confidence in him to do it, but you got to hope that he's bringing just that familiarity that you talked about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving, moving through, I want to kind of move to one last topic regarding wide receivers. You know, I took last weekend and I, I didn't really say anything to Mike about this ahead of time, but I took last weekend and really uh, wanted to evaluate some wide receiver prospects coming out of college. And I know this is way early and I'm by no means, uh, you know, calling it for this season or anything. I still think the Eagles have a really good chance of, of making a run. Uh, um, the Eagles are hosting the Patriots at 425. Uh the Eagles are five and four. The Patriots are eight and one. They're coming off of their bye uh, and a loss right before that to the Baltimore Ravens. Um, what are your thoughts on this game? I think it's going to be a really tough game. Um, I think the number one key is for the Eagles to run the ball uh, and take up as much time of possession as they can. And that's, that's the formula, the okay. formula um, to them winning this let game. Let me ask you. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll phrase it this way. Uh, give me the headline for Monday and then your score. <clears throat> the headline on Monday is going to read, Oh, wow. Miles wow. all the way. 
with a with with the score of wow 34 31 um eagles wow love it go birds uh birds. oh man i i i what about yourself i love your title i don't know what i don't know what else to say i feel like it's it's so apt and i feel like it also named the player that was my next question is who who was going to stand out um my headline is Doug does it again um, because I think there's going to be a moment in this game <laughs> I like Doug that does make a play call that we're like, there's Doug. There he is. Doug, 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 Doug. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I yeah, uh, my score. I what, think is what about be, a, What about a score? I think it's, I think it's going to be in the thirties. I think you're right about that, but I'm, I'm going to go with 38, 33 birds i think i like it yeah i think what's going to be really All right well we both team, we both got and, them and winning everybody's going to want the eagles to get to 41 so it's 41 33 um but it's not gonna i feel like it's just too unlikely um that would that would be amazing though um but i think what's going to be important is what you <laughs> talked about running the ball uh and for there to be some kind of identity for the receivers. It doesn't have to be explosive, but just reliable. Right. Absolutely. And I, I think if the, the running game gets set up, uh, you'll see you'll see some more activity okay. come uh, right. to the production uh, of the let receivers. Let me ask you this. Who, who gets right in this game? Give me one player that like gets right that you think Plus. is, is – uh, maybe just having a, a middle-of-the-road type season that you feel like this game, they're like, all right, this is it now. Hmm. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know why, but I, I think... I like that. I like that. I think Jason yeah, Aaron Kelsey has be, a healthy Aaron must game. be close by. I feel like Aaron must be right there. And Mike's Not sure that he hasn't okay. been playing that, well. That is a good call. I, <laughs> oh, yeah. I think... I think yeah, the Eagles have had many the bear cats bear cat. on their team. Uh, many Cincinnati Bearcats. Um, yep. I think it's actually going to be Malcolm Jenkins. Uh, I feel like he hasn't had a, a bad year, but I think there's going to be a couple like of plays that. in this game where you're like, Malcolm Jenkins is that guy. He's he's just so important to the defense because he was huge in that Super Bowl. Um, he laid a huge hit on Brandon Cooks if you remember that. Totally blindsided him uh, and knocked him out of the game. Um, but I think Malcolm Jenkins yep. is going to have a little bit of a um, extra motivation coming into this game, knowing what the Super Bowl was all about and wanting to to make that statement again at home. And I think a lot of this team's ability to stick together was Doug, but I think a lot of it was the leadership. And I think everybody on the team thinks of Malcolm as the as the leader. But Mike and I both Mike and I both see a win. Uh, we'll hope for that. And next Absolutely. week we'll plan to do another podcast before the Eagles. Seahawks game, which was this week flexed by the NFL from 8:20 uh, Sunday. Uh, what would that be? Sunday the 24th, yeah, to one o'clock instead of one o'clock. So, uh, as Mike and I were texting about, we'll all get a little more uh, sleep, hopefully, and have a better Monday morning that that week. But we'll do another podcast next week. Uh, in the meantime, go birds! Let's get this win. Go birds!